Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this week's Game Night Cage Fight! And in this corner... Two games enter, and one game leaves. Who wins, you decide. Vote on this week's Cage Fight by going to Twitter at Board Games Daily. Or call in 216-352-3864. Hey there, everybody. You're listening to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. I'm AJ Skifstad, bringing you the Game Night Cage Fight. Today we're talking about two games that you probably know pretty well because you probably played them with your family and friends many times. The first one is Codenames, which was Game of the Year several years back. A fantastic little party game. And the second is Werewords by Bezier Games, which you probably have also played. If you've ever played anything like Werewolf or Mafia and Confidant, you've played something similar to this. So let's talk about them. Codenames, you're gonna set up a five by five grid of words. There's gonna be two teams, a red team and a blue team. One of the teams has to get seven code words, and the other team has to get eight code words, depending on which team goes first. The code giver on each team will look at the words and say a word uh, like snow, too. That means there's two words in the grid that are associated with, with snow, and your team has to guess them. Let's say those words are sledding and cold. If your team touches both of those, you put your corresponding colored card on them and you get those. However, if skiing was also out there and your team touches skiing and it was an opponent's word, then the opponents cover that one up with theirs. The code giver on that team knows. If they uh, accidentally touch the assassin card that's out there, uh, then they automatically lose the game. And finally, there's a civilian as well. If it's just nobody's word, a civilian tile, covers it up but the team has to keep guessing and uh for the words associated with snow first team to get all their cards completed eight or seven wins the game pretty simple game i love it i've run it back so many times it's a great game but then there's where words which is also fantastic like i said if you played mafia and confidant or if you played werewolf itself uh you know that this game's pretty cool or you get the idea of the game anyways what there's going to be is one mare and one werewolf uh, in the basic game. There's lots of other characters. More werewolves can be added depending on the amount of players. But essentially, uh, through an app, uh, the mare is going to pick a secret word. Um, they're going to have some choices based upon the app. Then the werewolf is going to get to know what that secret word is. Then the rest of the team, who we don't know if they're werewolves, civilians, or, the, or, or well, we know who the mare is or other characters, uh, they get to then ask questions. It's kind of like a 20 questions, and but you get as many as you want. 
and you'll ask the you'll ask the mayor things like, is it a person? Is it a place? Is it a thing? Is it alive? Is it dead? Is all all these different kinds of questions that are going to lead you till finally you might be able to get that word. But the mayor's not allowed to speak. The mayor has to use yes and no tokens to show uh, if you're getting closer or not. The werewolf, however, is going to try and lead the people astray by asking stupid questions or questions to get people off track. At the end of the game, if the, if the civilians can guess the word, they win. Maybe. I think the werewolf has something that they get to do to come back. Uh, if the werewolf wins, or if the people can't guess the word in the allotted time, then I believe the mayor or the people, excuse me, the people get to guess who the werewolf was. If they can guess who the werewolf was because they weren't being sneaky enough and leading people astray, then the people win. Both are fantastic games. Which one do I like better? Yikes, I don't know. (laughs) They are both really, really good games. I think... I think I like Codenames better. Codenames takes a little longer to play. Actually, it can take a lot longer to play depending on... Uh, how much conversation is going on, but I think I like that. I think there's more interaction between people rather than just you and the mayor going back and forth, and and I kind of like the length of the game a little bit better. It doesn't feel as arbitrary. It makes you feel good when you win. Sometimes when I play a shorter game like like Werewords, when I get to the end of it, if I've won, I, I don't feel that much satisfaction. I just feel like, oh, okay, well, we guessed the word, or or I was the wolf, I led the people astray. So, although I have a lot of fun playing a short game like that, and, and, and I laugh a lot and have a good time, I think there's a little bit more satisfaction for me with code names. So, for me, code names is going to have to win this game, but we want to hear from you. I'm sure we'll be hearing from Firestone and uh, Jeremiah very soon, but that's it for now. Check you later. Hey everyone, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. This morning, they announced the 20, well, I guess it'd be 18, the, the Spiel des Jahres nominees, who will be um, up for the game of the year. This is like the family game of the year. This is a prestigious award. It means a lot of sales, really, is what it amounts to. And so the Spiel des Jahres is a very prestigious award. And three games were nominated. They were Werewords by Ted Osbach and Bezier Games. Now, this is kind of strange because this is a 2017 game. And so it wasn't even... I'm not even sure how it's eligible or they must have weird eligibility. Or perhaps it only came to Germany in 2018. I have no idea. But Werewords. A game called Llama, L-A-M-A, which is a small card game. It looks like a sloughing game or um, a game where you're trying to get rid of your cards by Reiner Knizia, and it's published by Amigo. I've not heard of this before, but now I'm intrigued because I really like Reiner's stuff, and he his card games are really cool and well thought out, and I really want to try it. And then the last one is called Just One, and this is by Repo Productions, and it's a party game, a cooperative party game. I've not played this, but I've heard great things. It is a cooperative party game where you're trying to get one person to pick or to say a certain word and everyone writes down a one word clue. They don't, they can't confer on this. And if anyone writes the same word that those words are just out. So if multiple people write, you know, let's say there are four other players and three of them write the same word, that person only gets one word clue and they have to guess what it is. And you're trying to get 13 points because there are 13 rounds. 
And so it's a cooperative game where you're trying to score the best, and it sounds really fun, and I haven't played it, but I will at some point. So it's interesting to me that two of these three games are party games, which is different than family games. I mean, we're used to things like Settlers of Catan or Tikal and things like that, where these are games you can play as a family, but they're still kind of quote-unquote regular board games. But the fact that two of the three of these are now party games and code names in the, in the recent years and things like that, it seems like this, this award is changing and it's not quite applicable. Maybe they need to come up with another category that's like a family game, a party game, and then the Kenner Spiel, which I'll talk about in a second. So anyway, that's just an interesting thing to me that, that two of the three are party games. I'm not sure what that says about the hobby. Um, I'm not sure what that says about the Spiel des Jahres. And is it still relevant because of this? I don't know. We'd like to hear what you think. So I'm a big fan. We are all, all three of us are big fans of WearWords. It is a fun game. I've probably played it more than any other game in the last year. We play it all the time. It's super fast. I've introduced it to non-gamers, mega gamers, casual gamers, grandparents, parent. Everyone loves WearWords. It's really, really fun. So I think that gets my vote only because I've only played that one. But just fun, just one sounds really fun. Now, the Kenner Spiel is the kind of a the gamer's game award. It's not usually super complex games, but these are ones that you would see like on a regular game night getting played, that these are more in-depth, more strategic, generally, uh, just more complex games than the Spiel des Jahres. So the three Kenner Spiel games that were um, nominated were Wingspan by Elizabeth Hargrave and... Stonemeyer Games, which is, um, I have not played. AJ has played, and he said it's good, but he didn't think it was great. So um, this is this continues, in my opinion. Uh, Stonemeyer Games is not so much good at creating great games as creating great buzz. And that sounds snarky. I don't intend it that way. But I haven't played a great Stonemeyer game since Viticulture. Viticulture is a great game. Every other game I've played since then, and I've played most of them, is absolutely average. They look beautiful. Wingspan is gorgeous. Scythe is gorgeous. No doubt about it. Gameplay, average. Utterly average. But they create, you know, hey, this lots of buzz, and it's hard to get, and all this other stuff. And Wingspan, in my opinion, from what I've seen, falls in that category. Good gameplay, not great gameplay. Same thing I think was every time I play Scythe, I go, that's a good game. Yeah, it is not a great game. And one time I saw people playing like a seven, whatever the highest count is, this table was super excited to play with that many. And I thought, that is a table full of insane people. But nevertheless. Um, the other game is Detective. That is a game from Portal Games. And it is was designed by, designed by Ignazi... I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Trewizic? I don't know. He's the guy who designed Stronghold, Robinson Crusoe, 51st State, and Slash Imperial Settlers. Lots of good games he's, he's designed. Solid designer. I have not played Detective, but some friends of mine kind of went through and played the game together and had great things to say about it, and I'm very excited to try it. And then the third one was Carpe Diem, which is 
a Stefan Feld game by Aaliyah. And I think Rio Grande published it also in America. I'm not positive. But anyway, I am a Feld fan. I love his stuff, but I did not like this game at all. Everything about Carpe Diem was bland. I thought the gameplay was bland. I thought the mechanisms were okay. There was there's this kind of moving around mechanism that's somewhat interesting. But everything else, bland. The artwork, bland. The decisions, bland. It's so bland. I, I, I was disappointed massively by Carpe Diem. So, I guess, based on my friends, I'm hoping Detective wins that one. But the, that is the Kennerspiel, the kind of next level one. So, tell us what your thoughts are. What do you think about the nominees in each of these categories? Is there something else you think should have been nominated in these categories? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day. Bye. All right, everybody. It's AJ once again. I'm going to talk about Thunderstone Quest. Are you surprised? <laughs> I love this game. And finally, it's going to be fulfilled to the backers. Um, it's already been fulfilled to a lot of backers. Not to me yet. Hopefully this week. Um, but there was some buzz this weekend between at least Firestone and uh, Jeremiah and myself about this big, huge box that backers were receiving that had new artwork and it was it was like okay so so what what happened here did they just release the new game with uh with new artwork and everything did they just re-release it different box and the answer is no that giant box that AEG has released with the title Thunderstone on it is a second expansion or I, I guess it's the first big box expansion for Thunderstone Quest. It is huge. So I had to do a little research because when I backed this, I thought I was going to be receiving a, a small box full of some, some more cardboard and some cards to put in my giant Thunderstone Quest box. Um, that is not the case. They felt like this box needed to be just as gigantic. And now I've seen why. This box includes a lot of extra stuff. There are these new prestige boards where you can select a like clan or a guild or a group of people that you want to associate yourself with. And you can spend Thunderstones to gain different abilities throughout the game. It's a great new component to the game. There's the, there's the uh, Barricades uh, cooperative mode in where you've got all these new monster tiles that take the place of your wilderness tile at, at, at the top. You've got, a, you've got a monster tile for every quest, which is at, at this point, it's seven quests. And so that's seven more pieces of big cardboard that are taking up some box space, along with those prestige boards. There's also uh, two more quests, six and seven, which give you, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six. So that means there's 12 new, 12 new location tiles. That's a lot of cardboard to put in that box. There's two new player boards because they've expanded it to five and six players, hopefully just for the cooperative mode because I would not want to play competitive mode with five and six players. They've included two new miniatures for that fifth and sixth player. They've included a, a bunch of dice, at least 12 dice, for the cooperative mode. They've, they, they, they've added these new uh, blood tokens. They're blue blood. I don't know what you take blue blood for in this new expansion, but, but it's blue instead of red. Um, I, who has blue blood in Star Trek? Is that, uh, is that the Vulcans or do they have green blood? I don't know. Anyways, there is a lot in this box, not to mention all the new cards for solo play, the new, the two new quests, the barricades mode cards, uh, the dividers. 
it's a lot of extra stuff. I even missed some stuff. There's market overlays because you've got to change the market and the and the main board. There's a lot more cardboard. It is cool. I love stuff. And there's a lot of stuff in here. Let's hope that it's just not arbitrary stuff. Let's hope that it's effective for the game. I'm sure it will be because AEG does a nice job uh, making great quality games. But that's it. Thunderstone Quest Barricades Mode. It's a giant box. That's what you're seeing on Facebook. That's what you're seeing on Twitter. That's what you're seeing on BGG. It is not a new game. It is an expansion to Thunderstone Quest Championship uh, tier. That is it for now. I can't wait to get mine. Check you later. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.